So hello there, friends, and welcome to this episode of Self Kind with me, Erica Webb. Today, we are going to dive into a conversation about being self-caring rather than simply going through the actions of doing self-care. Hi, and welcome to Self Kind with me, Erica Webb. This is a podcast about what it means to be, live, and move through a lens of self-kindness. We'll look at the ways self-kindness can underpin our practices in movement, mindfulness, and mindset to support us to be and do the things we so desire in the world. I'm thrilled you're here. Let's get into the show. So how are you, friends? It's December. It's December. (laughs) It's December. I have some feelings about that because I'm not feeling particularly organized for the upcoming things that are going on. Um, but that's okay. I think that this episode though is very timely considering the time of year that it is. And what we're going to talk about is this distinction between like doing self-caring actions versus having a self-caring way of being. This is something that we've been exploring in Soma Home in the last little while. And for those of you who don't know, Soma Home is my new six-week course that is all about finding a sense of home within your own body so that self-care becomes more of a way that you are rather than something that you are always trying to find a way to do. And so I wanted to talk about this a little bit more because I think it's a very foundational shift in the way that we think that can really change our relationship with ourselves and with self-care and how we tend to our needs in a very real, very helpful way. So I was thinking about this and thinking, you know, if self-care had a, you know, marketing team, you could just kind of imagine their office, right? It would be littered with candles and bath salts and yoga class brochures and the best mats and all of those sorts of products, right? It would be full of things. And this is how a lot of us, myself included, have often thought of self-care. Like what else do I need to do? And I think that that can really lead to overwhelm when it comes to self-care because sometimes we're like, you know what, I do a lot and I still feel like trash right? Like I do all the things. So why doesn't this work? Or we might be like, I don't do a lot of things, but I also don't have a lot of time. And suddenly self-care can feel like this threatening thing that hangs over our head of like, you're not doing enough. And I mean, who really wants to hear that, right? When we feel like we are already working so hard, it can be a bit of a blow, right? To think, well, maybe I'm actually not doing enough. I have to find more time, more resources, more energy to do more. And this is where I think the shift towards thinking about self-care as a way of being is incredibly powerful. Yes, it might lead us to doing more things or different things, but it is such a foundational shift in the way that we think that when we then go to do those things, it's from a much different place. So if we think of that, you know, we've stepped into the marketing office of self-care, it's littered with the candles and the yoga brochures and all of these things that we can do and explore and experience the massage, all of that. 
recognize that all of those things require us to carve out specific time for them, right? So when we're doing them, we're doing self-care. When we're not doing them, we're doing something else. What if your way of being in relationship to yourself was self-caring so that as you moved through your day, you were making decisions through a lens of like giving a crap about how you feel. (laughs) That's kind of what it comes down to, right? Awareness of how you feel and making choices that take that into consideration. That doesn't mean that we're just like, I'm going to do only things that aren't hard. It's not that. And I think that if you're listening to this podcast and if you've listened to, to more than, you know, one episode, you've probably got that sense already. If you're new around here, though, let me explain. So oftentimes we can hear self-kindness, self-care, self-compassion and think, oh, I'm excused from doing anything hard. The self-kind, self-caring approach to life is the easy path. And I don't think that is true. Oftentimes self-kindness, self-care asks us to do things that don't feel easy because they put our needs, our worth, our desires front and center. And often what's easy is to just do what we've always done. Often what's easy is to not go after things that matter to us because they feel hard and vulnerable. So we confuse sometimes this idea of self-care, self-kindness and self-compassion as niceness. That's a very different thing. Or opting out of challenge. And that's a very different thing. Self-compassion, right? I'm going to use self-compassion, self-kindness and self-care, not interchangeably, but I'm going to use them all in this episode. And self-compassion is really a recognition of our shared humanity. So compassion is a recognition of our shared humanity. And so when we turn it towards ourselves, self-compassion, it's recognizing that the humanity in me is the humanity that is in everyone. And we're all worthy of the loving kindness that we can sort of share with each other and share with ourselves because the very nature of being human is to be imperfect. And so we're very much starting from that premise, right? And that means that we're going to be faced with our imperfections. We're going to be faced with some difficult decisions. And so don't confuse self-compassion, self-kindness and self-care with just being nice and kind of cruising because it's not that. But it's creating this inner foundation of trust, security, safety, enoughness, so that as we navigate the world, we can be in an honest relationship with ourselves of like, well, what is it that I need here? What would feel supportive? What does move me towards what it is that I want, either in how I want to feel, what I want to experience, what I want to do in the world? Because here's the thing, if we found ourselves in that you know, marketing department of self-care and we have access to all these tools, right? We're doing the self-care. We've got a voucher in our pocket to go do a yoga class. We've got, you know, a massage booked in. We've got all these things. And then December hits like it has. And suddenly you're like, well, my calendar's full now. Cancel yoga, cancel the massage, cancel everything because I need to do my shopping. I've got events coming left, right and center. And I no longer have time for those activities. Where does that leave your relationship with your needs? If you're not doing self-care, does that mean that you 
don't care, right? This is where that distinction comes in, where self-care as a way of being is so different to self-care as something that you do. Because if self-care is something that you do and you do not have time for it, then suddenly it's like, well, what do I have to hang my hat on, right? Like nothing, because if I don't have time to do it, then I'm failing. Whereas when we have this foundation of I have a self-caring way of being with myself, then we tend to find ways to still do self-care because we're being self-caring. I hope that distinction is starting to become clear. We can still be doing things, but they stem from this relationship with ourselves that is self-caring. Sometimes we have to make the decision that we're going to be self-caring before we really know how. (laughs) I've talked about this before. There is this cyclical relationship between I've decided I'm having a self-caring, self-kind, self-compassionate relationship with myself, but that feels foreign. I've never done this before. I'm so used to meeting myself with criticism and punishment. Huh. What does this look like? And so we start to do things that show us, oh, I'm being caring. And then we recommit to I'm going to be caring. And then we go and we do something else and we're like, oh, yeah, that felt caring. And so there's this cyclical relationship where we make the commitment. We start to build evidence of, oh, yes, I can do the things that feel caring. But underneath all of that is this foundation that's being developed and strengthened and fostered where you are this inner ally. You are your own friend on the inside. And that is what guides those decisions. What I'm pausing here because I'm thinking, where do I want to go next? And I do have little notes beside me, which is what I'm referring to. But here's the question that I think can be really helpful when you're considering this in your own day-to-day life right? If you're like, yeah, I kind of like the sound of this. I would really like that inner environment, that inner experience of self-caring. There's sort of three steps, right? The first one is that we make the commitment. I am deciding that I have a self-caring relationship with myself. That does not mean that you will never be unkind to yourself. I want to make that really clear. It does not mean that you will always make decisions that feel self-caring. Sometimes you will not. That does not mean you're getting it wrong, okay? This is not a, I either get it perfect or I don't do it. This is just a re-commitment, a re-orientation in that direction over and over and over again. But once we've said, you know what? Yes, that's what I want for me. Then that's where we begin. I want to be self-caring. I want to be kind. I want to learn to meet myself with compassion. And then the question can be, Well, what would that look like right now? What would self-caring look like right now in the way that I speak with myself, meet myself in this moment, and potentially in what I choose to do? So in terms of like, I'm sitting here at the moment, obviously recording this podcast, and prior to doing this, I was feeling like maybe I would do it tomorrow. It's Sunday as I'm filming. I don't really ever do this on a Sunday. I usually do it on a Friday or a Monday. And 
there was just this wonderful window of time where I was like, you know, it would feel really good to do this now because then that's going to give me the freedom tomorrow to do some of the other things that I would like to do with my time. And the topic was kind of in my mind and on my heart. And I thought, you know what, I feel really good about recording this now. So the self-kind action was to be like, yeah, let's sit down, let's carve out this time and let's do it. There might be another version of this instance where the self-kind thing would be to not do it, right? And so this is where it can get really interesting because being self-caring isn't a logical flowchart where we can be like, well, if this, then that. We have to be willing to be with ourselves and to be present to our experience to say, well, what is it that I might need? Because we're balancing out our current desires with our perhaps longer term desires, right? So your current desire might say, I don't really feel like doing any movement, but your future desire is to have a mobile functional body when you're 85. And so you're always kind of balancing that out. And that doesn't ever point you just in one direction. It doesn't say that you will always choose the movement. Sometimes it says you will choose the rest. Sometimes it says you will choose the Netflix. Sometimes it says you will choose whatever, right? And so this is where we start to get really curious. What would self-caring look like right now? And we explore. We start to treat it as a bit of a experiment of sorts. What does it feel like when I move in this direction? What does it feel like when I move in that direction? But coming back to and noticing, am I fostering this inner environment of self-caring, right? The goal is to meet myself in a caring way. And how does that change the direction that I move in? When the, when the goal isn't necessarily just to tick the box that I did the things, We still, like I said, might end up doing stuff. Absolutely. Oftentimes we will. But it's not the doing of the thing that is the driver, right? So it's not just because it was on the list of things to do that it's important. It's because, you know what, that feels self-caring to me. I hope this distinction is making sense. Because it's this change in our inner landscape that then allows us to be driven from a different place, right? We talk about motivation as though it falls from the sky, as though it's this thing that is magical and um, unpredictable. And it certainly is unpredictable. That is absolutely true. But when we start to foster this inner landscape of self-kindness, we have a different place from which to launch, right? We're not just waiting for motivation, and at the same time, when there is a lack of motivation and a sense that the, the kindest thing we can do or the most caring thing that we can do is kind of like let that inertia hold us for a bit, right, and rest, that's a very different place to make a decision from and perhaps a very unusual one if that's new to you. And so, like I said, try it on for size. See how it feels. Your best guide is going to be checking in and noticing, does this feel supportive to me? One other thing I want to add here is drawing from a conversation that we had inside Soma Home 
And um, I'll talk more about this. I haven't done the best job of talking about Soma Home as we've been in it. And part of the reason for that is because it feels like a very, I don't know, like the people who are in there experiencing it, it's, it's theirs, right? This is their experience. This is their space. And so I haven't felt as much of a pull to kind of take experiences from there and then share them on a broader scale. But I do want to tell you about it because I want you to know if this feels like a good fit for you as well, because there will be another round of it running in February 2024. So kind of just listen around the edges here and and notice this is a lot of the work that we do in that program. Um, you can find more over on my website, just as a bit of a side note, I realize I'm going off slightly off track, but, um, as a bit of a side note, you can find more on my website about Soma Home and add yourself to the wait list for that next round. If you're like, Oh, this is, this is some of the work I want to do. I feel a little bit like I need more guidance. So, um, you can head there. Anyway, one of the things that we were talking about was this idea of like, when we're doing all the things and they don't seem to be having the impact that we want. This is where I was at for a very long time in my own life where I was like, but I'm doing self-care. What's the issue, right? Like why do I still feel like trash when I'm doing all the things? And this was why. This was why. It was because I wasn't doing any of it from a place of self-caring. Or when I did, I wasn't acknowledging that that was what it was for. And in fact, a lot of the time I actually just felt so guilty that I was doing that it didn't make any difference at all, right? So like the the mental space that I was bringing to it really impacted its ability to um, have an influence on how I feel. Because if we're doing self-care and on the inside, we're still critical and cruel and harsh and our own kind of worst critic then it's kind of like mixed messages for your nervous system because you're on one hand, it's like, I need to protect myself from this criticism. And on the other hand, it's like, oh, look at these nice things that we're doing. This is nice, right? So it's like a bit of a mismatch. And that sign of threat that's coming from the inner critic is going to limit how much of an impact those lovely things can have. So we want to ideally kind of match up both, right? Be doing these self-caring things and laying them into a system that is recognizing our worthiness of them, right? Recognizing that, yes, this is, this is, this is okay for you to be doing this. This is wonderful for you to be doing this. You're doing this because you care. And so that's the other part of this is to look at it and be like, you know, when I do these self-caring actions, can I actually remind myself, oh, here I am attending yoga because it makes me feel cared for. Here I am running myself a bath because these 20 minutes by myself resting in a warm tub help me to feel supported and nurtured. And actually using that as this trigger to remind yourself, oh, that's what this is for. Right, Because sometimes it can get lost on the to-do list as just something that we have to tick off. And the energy that we bring to something that we just have to get done right, is very different to something that we set out to enjoy. Like really, if you think about that for a second, when you bring the energy of just get this finished, it's very different to like, oh, I'm going to immerse myself in this and I'm going to allow myself to feel the pleasure, the joy, the impact of this thing. 
And when we feel like we're not 100% sure if we're allowed, right, which is what a lot of the time this challenge is around self-care, like, am I allowed to be doing this? Am I allowed to have fun? Am I allowed to feel joy? Am I allowed to feel pleasure? Because I didn't look after everybody else's needs before I went to do this. And so all of these pieces come together here to say, you know, you are doing this because you care. You've committed to a caring relationship with yourself. And this is how we're nurturing it. This is how we're providing the evidence that, yeah, you're right, this is exactly what we're doing. And so it becomes this transformative foundation from which we act and be in relationship with ourselves. So that's the distinction between self-care being something that you live, right, something that you are, something that you embody versus just something that you do. I would be so curious to know how that feels different in your body and if you have any questions about it. You can come and find me, as always, over on Instagram at EricaWeb underscore selfkind. And as I mentioned, if this is sparking something for you and you're like, oh, I think I would like more of this, come over to the website ericaweb.com.au forward slash soma dash home to learn more about that program. We've We're sort of wrapping up the first round at the moment. We've got just a couple of weeks to go as this goes live. And then I'm going to be sort of reshaping it and um, sending it back out into the world probably in February. So if you want to be part of that second round, um, add yourself to the wait list because that will just mean that you're the first person, one of the first people to know all about the course when it's ready to join. Um, But, yeah, otherwise come and find me with your questions your experiences, your shares. I always adore hearing them because this is a very one-sided kind of platform. I'm sitting here with my laptop and my camera, my microphone, and just hoping that what I say uh, makes a difference. So let me know if you've got the time. And until then, until the next time that we shall meet, keep being kind to yourself, explore this way of being self-caring towards yourself and your body, and I will speak with you soon. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Self Kind. If you loved it, why not share it? And while you're there, take the time to subscribe, rate and review the show. I'd love you to come hang out with me more too. You'll find me over on Instagram at ericaweb underscore selfkind. And you can sign up for my e-newsletter by heading to my website, ericaweb.com.au. While you're there, you can also read up more about the Self Kind Hub and other ways of working with me. Until next time, keep being kind to yourself. Bye.